The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. My name is Jared Book. I'm joined by Patrick Bexell. And today we're going to talk about something that Patrick knows very well, and that is Team Sweden at, at the World Junior Hockey Championships. Uh, Patrick, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's, uh, well, it's the 23rd. It's the night before Christmas for us here in Europe. So so uh, it's great, actually. Uh, just uh, a lot of, of uh, Christmas food and worst case scenario, we're going to have to eat it all ourselves because... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, um, Sarah, my my partner, she has a runny nose, so it's it's more bad. <laughs> yeah, abundance of uh, of caution, right? Uh, yeah, throughout everything, and and everything is is you have a second guess with it, and uh, a little bit of a change for you because you're going to be the expert on this one. Uh, ah, well, gonna... it's going to be. I'm not sure I am the expert. Well, I <laughs> I, I spent a couple. Of hours I, I'm definitely not the expert when it comes to Team Sweden. <laughs> so, so I, I hope you a couple are. of hours writing the the the. Uh, um preview on mckean's the other day and uh or last night because the the first draft was sent to eyes on the price because they won another format <laughs> yeah you've you've written a, a lot of words on on this sweden team and it's not it's all good. of them good either <laughs> <laughs> you have to give yourself more credit than that uh as, as i meant more more that sweden wasn't good <laughs> oh yeah yes yeah well that that's the whole thing because we're we're coming off of the, the the first year where sweden actually lost in the round robin and and there were a lot of those teams even throughout that streak where they weren't very good but they just happened to be dominant in, in the round robin stage and, and you could look at their medals to be to show that you know maybe they weren't uh, as good as their their round robin record sco- showed and then last year they they lost a couple of games in, in the round robin and and this year they they might struggle to get third in the group yeah i'm i'm, a, I'm a, it all comes down to to thomas montaigne who i think is is a great person uh i'm not sure he's a great coach uh, let let's leave it at that and and um the, he tries to form a team where he has one or two really really strong lines and then he has checking lines or, or or players that are there to just work their asses off. Sorry, but but yeah, uh, and 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 shut down the lines. What 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 comes to is that he's constantly left out some of the top prospects or some of the top players in in Sweden. This year he's left out. Um, Calgary Flames prospect and and regular player William Melinder and for those of you ha- who who follows me on Twitter or or, or follows me on Ice on the Price you know that Rugla is is currently the top team in Sweden I have them as favorite to win the Champions Hockey League as well 
they went to the final last year in, in the SHL. They're probably going to win the SHL this year. It's a very, very strong team, very, very smartly coached team. So I'm, not, I'm going to give some credit to the Canadian Cam and, and Chris Abbott that runs the team. One is a coach, one is a GM. They just extended the contract. Sorry, guys. But, but, and they don't speak French. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, but they left William Wallinger off. And he's like their f- top four defender for them and plays very, very well. Um, good shot, good skating maybe not the best understanding of the game, but but he's one of those players that you really should take to a team. Uh, worst case scenario, you have him on because someone gets injured, but when you look at it, when, when Canada and US started to win this tournament, it was because they didn't bring checking lines. They didn't bring role players. They got the top players to adapt to roles. They didn't bring in the, the players that were maybe a little bit weaker and used to roles. They just asked other players, top players, top talent, to play a different role and fulfill that role, and 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 they made it. Uh, and I think that is, is is a weakness in Thomas Montaigne's game. Um, I would have liked to see, you know, Wallander last two years ago. I think it was Victor Söderström that was left out, and he got called in because someone actually did get get injured. And then last year it was Helge Grants that uh, was a very uh, divisive um, player as well. He has a lot of upside, but he also has a few few negative sides as well. But but yeah, it's it's all down to that. And uh, I think it was really good to lose the winning streak because it made too much. Oh, well, you won 55 games, blah, 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 blah. No one cares because it was round robin. The only thing that matters is do you win the last game or not? Because either you get bronze or you get gold. So you want to win that game. But but Sweden rarely did. I think Montaigne has one bronze in six or seven tournaments. And with the lineups that Sweden has had and the talent that Sweden has had in those tournaments, it's a few too... It's, it's not enough medals. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a weird dynamic because, you know, in the lead up to this tournament, we, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of a lot of previews uh, for, for Eyes on the Prize as well. And, and you kind of look at the the last winners and the last nine years, there's been three Canadian wins, three U S wins and three Finland wins. And that's a lot of years of no Russia win and no Sweden win. And, and I think we're so used to seeing them at the top of the, the, the hockey world. And, and it does seem like there, there's a little bit of um, a, a falling behind by, by those two, two countries, especially at the under 20, because the, the under 20 leads into other things, right? Like Finland dominated the under 20 for a few years. And then that led to them dominating at the men's level, right? Like it, it was kind of, it, it kind of foreshadows a little bit. And, and it, it likewise, when Canada started losing the world juniors, that's when they started losing the men's tournaments as well. Right. So it's, it's kind of a, uh, a kind of a, a precursor to, to what's going to happen. And, and it, it does seem like, the Sweden team is is a lot like the other ones. Is that they have a lot of top prospects, but the the, the depth is just not really there. No, I think I think it also comes down to some of these top prospects. Obviously, they're gone because yeah. they, they they will play in the NHL. Um, especially if you take in top five, you you, you get that <laughs> NHL spot. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, and and Montaigne has been restricted in in getting those maybe 17-year-olds in uh, and, and giving them those minutes that they might deserve. He's He rather takes a 
a 19 year old that fulfills a role and and the perfect example i think i mean like two of the perfect examples for montaigne's tenure i think it's it's uh, christopher ian and jacob olofsson who is those are two guys that has played three world juniors if i remember correctly up on the top of my head and neither of them has gone on to become that player that you might have thought because he played three world juniors um they, they, they are jack of all trades but they're king of none and and in a tournament like this you don't really where, where it's kind of safe to say that a team like sweden should go through uh to the quarterfinals it, it all comes down to pure skill when it comes to the the the, the playoffs and 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 uh, a player like jacob olofsson who, who actually montaigne played as a defender for for injury reasons but also uh christopher Ian is not that kind of like a player that would grab the, the the game by the neck and, and just say okay now i'm gonna score or we're gonna score and we do it this way um he's they're not there they're they're complementary players which is great to have but to have two lines of them i don't think that's enough you 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 want at least a third line that can still play a lot of hockey and and dominate the other third line yeah it's kind of funny because you know as much as you we, we think like the world juniors and in some cases it is like this high scoring back and forth, you know, kind of crazy kind of hockey. And there are games like that, but then, you know, you look at the, you know, some of the games that, that stick out from last year's tournament and there's the, the Czechs beating the, the Russians two nothing in the round Robin. And, and obviously the gold medal game where the U S just smothered Canada in, in the gold medal game in, in a two nothing win. And, and, you know, you look at the, you know, you talk about Sweden and not bringing their skill. And obviously last year they did have, you know, Lucas Raymond, who they don't have this year. Uh, they had Alexander Holtz last year, who is back this year. But you look at their their leading scorers, and, and one of the guys that, that really stood out in that tournament was was a guy like Elmer Soderblom. And, and he's not really a guy that's, you're gonna, that's gonna read off skill in... in, in a, well, he's a, taking a, a big step forward yeah. this year. So so in Freeland, that's the... Well, you can talk about skill now, and then when you add, what is it, 110 kilos for a 19-year-old, and it's <laughs> he pure was always muscle. very tall, <laughs> and it's pure muscle as well. You you really don't want to get into. It. I mean, like he would love to to go this year again, but but yeah, no, I think as as you mentioned, you need that skill, and you have the perfect example in some ways with with last year where Cole Caulfield took on a different role from what he's used to, but he did it, and and when it was needed, he was the player that that we thought he would win scoring a, a an important goal for 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 us and i think this is the lack of confidence maybe that that thomas montaigne has maybe in itself or maybe in his players or a bit of both but but if we look at the players that 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 we have this year that there is a strong axis really going through the team and and uh, it all starts with someone we saw last year as well and that's the jesper valstead in goal yeah goaltending is always going to be the determining factor in this tournament if you don't have like very few teams in this tournament can win with bad goaltending yeah. you could win with you can win with average goaltending you can win with gold, good goaltending uh, obviously but you can't win with bad goaltending and, and but, but isn't but isn't that the same with the stanley cups or, absolutely. or, or any absolutely. playoffs, playoffs you, you in the playoffs absolutely it's exactly the same thing you you, you need average goaltending and that's yeah. the joke we we usually talk about when we get on the podcast and it's like you want the Van der Sar. You don't want the Bartes kind of. This is also shows how old I am, and I'm not Man United fan. But but, but 
you want the guy that saves every shot that he should save rather than making a spectacular save then then you know uh, let some a shot in from from half halfway marks yeah. and, and it's going to be like you know everyone wonders what's going to be next and you try to overdo things Jesper Wallstedt has, has become that kind of player that will save every shot that he should take he's still not making the flashy shapes like you know Askarov uh, <laughs> who who will I mean like he's he's grown as well Askarov let's let's leave it at that yeah he's I mean his first tournament team. was really bad right like yeah. he, he got benched in that first tournament yeah but, and, but so, he's going to be great this year I'm, yeah. I'm no doubt about that uh, but Valstead, you know, he's played 17 games in, in, in SHL this year, which is the men's league, obviously. He has 1.8 goals against and a 92.3 save percentage. You know, he's pretty decent. And, yeah. and if you if, if you back him up with some of the, you know, defensive players that Sweden has, and, and first and foremost, we, we have to mention him because he's like the elephant in the room right now and I'm in a small room. But but it's it's Simon Edvinson who who will have to carry the Sweden team. I, I think as much as we speak about Holtz and Ekelund, who has NHL experience uh, from this year, I think Edvinson is the big star of the show and he's going to carry the team. He is the leader, both physically and 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 skill wise and it's tough to say that about a defender but he's probably going to be better than than darling who hasn't really blossomed either in in in, in buffalo but uh, i see a future 20 year old 20 year partnership between edvinson and, and cider and detroit red wings and they're just going to pay them whatever they want <laughs> The scary thing is both of them could be in this tournament. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's a lot of teams that are probably happy that, that Detroit is, has kept uh, both Lucas Raymond and uh, Moritz Sider on, on the, on the roster, uh, especially when you have to face, uh, face Germany uh, or, or, or Sweden as well, obviously. But it's interesting because a lot of these players on team Sweden play against men, which is, it is something that we see a lot with the European players but it seems like most of the top players uh on on sweden and this is not really a different than any other year but but it, it does seem like their skill players are are already at that level and it's a uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well they adjust to playing against uh players their their own age again and, and I, I think a lot of that will go towards how far they go right because you need guys like alexander holtz uh and you mentioned edmondson and uh, Eklund and, and guys like that to, to really take that step and and play well for them because otherwise you look down the roster I, I don't know if they have that second tier uh beyond beyond those guys you have guys like you know Niederbach and, and Nybeck and and things like that but you, it, it, they're not really going to go anywhere if that top line doesn't score right all right the axis that that goes through the team is is Valstedt, Edvinson uh and then you have Eklund and Holtz those four, in order for Sweden to medal, those four will have to be on top of their games. And, and I'm, I'm having trouble seeing that all four will be that all the time. And the question is also, will they be able to play 25 plus minutes every game? Uh, as you mentioned, and I totally agree, do they have the second tier or do they have three third tier lines after that? that that's, what I'm, that's where I shake my head a little bit. You, you miss that kind of top line. Obviously, you mentioned Niederbach, which has performed fantastically when he hasn't been injured. 
but he has two long injury breaks, one for each knee, if I remember correctly, or if it's the same knee, a little bit like Ekonen. But but he has had two terrible injuries, and I think that is 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 has hampered his development. I think he's a really good player. He's a playmaker. He has good vision. He plays with Frölunda right now. Uh, not much a game, but he has been part of that team the whole time, whereas others, uh, Torgerson has been on loan to uh, to AIK in Hockey Alsanskan. So I think, you know, it's, 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 I would have loved to see more of these players playing in SHL. Obviously, you have Helge Granz, which is a, a, a very good defender, offensively wise, but he plays in, in Ontario Rhein, uh, Rhein, sorry. And, and, for me, the, the most interesting defender, because I haven't watched him enough, is, is probably Leo Löf, who's gone to Ilves. Very, very interesting. He's left Sweden, which is something not many Swedish uh, ta- um, talent and prospects do, to go to Finland. He's settled very, very well. He, he is a beast of a player. Great balance, loves to hit. Maybe not like tall and, and heavy, but the balance makes him more kind of a similar type of player than as I expected Alexander Romanov to be when he reached the, the, the NHL. Playing smart, playing defensively, uh, making sure people stayed out of the, the uh, crease and, and all that. And that might be the, maybe the most important player for outside the top four for, for Sweden because you, you need that defender that can maybe let Edvinson rest a little bit and, and Sweden not panic because the other team has the puck. And and uh, this is this is probably the player I want to watch most of the team. It, it's kind of interesting to see the, the the Swedish defense because they have they have three players on out of their eight defenders that are 5'10 or 5'9, yeah. which is obviously uh, not something that you see very often, uh, including their captain, which uh, in the middle, Andre, uh, who is a, uh, a Flyers uh, prospect and, and somebody that we we kind of looked at uh, in the draft leading up to the draft as well, because uh, I always I always think of Andre and, and Nybeck as kind of like in my mind they're the same because they're both short and <laughs> one's a forward and one's a defenser yeah. uh, defenseman and, and it's just in my draft rankings I I always remember seeing them like side by side almost. Uh, in the rankings around the 40 the 40 rank um and uh yeah in my mind it's it's always weird to like actually see these players on on paper and after i i, I see them on a spreadsheet for <laughs> for months on end doing the draft ranking uh so it, it's always interesting to see some of these these names and be like oh yeah i remember uh i remember seeing that name before and something that you mentioned about bringing experienced players i was looking at the roster and they only have six players who weren't born in 2002. And, and yeah. we talk a lot about how this is a 19 year old tournament and, and Sweden is hoping that that actually pays off for them because they don't really have, they, they have nobody who is draft uh, or first year draft eligible. Uh, they do have players who are, who are not drafted yet. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you look at the six players that they have, that, that they that can come back next year. One of them is Edmondson. I don't know if he's, he's going to be back. available. <laughs> he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so then you have got, you know, that, that's, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what the Swedish team looks like, because if they don't do well this year, it, it might be uh, another year next year where they, they, they seem they have a younger team or maybe they have a, a lot of guys who aren't back, uh, who, who, aren't, who aren't on this team. 
but and if I remember correctly, and and I haven't actually looked this up, but I'm 99% sure that this is uh, Thomas Montaigne's last tournament as a coach as well. So so um, uh, it'll probably be a very different team next year, and hopefully it will be more of a um, talent-wise uh, stronger team rather than complementary-wise. Yeah, and, and, and you know, other countries are, are guilty of this too. I mean, look at Canada. And there were questions whether Connor Bedard would would end up making the team, and you know I don't think you could argue on on skill that he deserved to be anywhere close to missing this tournament, uh, especially when you look at you know the other two thousand three, uh, t- sorry 2023 draft prospect um, in in Russia who is who is definitely making this team, and, and there was no need doubt about that. Um, so it, it's always interesting to see. Uh, you, you mean Mishkov up. was was people were second guessing if Mishkov was going to no, go? No, no, they, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't second guessing him. But they, nah, I know. I'm and, joking about yeah, it. Okay, because okay. obviously it was the it was the first name everyone. Well, second name because Oscar was probably the first, but the second name would be Mishkov for the Russian coach. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, it's always interesting to see because the you mentioned that you know top players not being available to them. That's a problem that has that. You know, Canada has always had that problem, you know, going back to, you know, the 90s even where their top players would because it's so much easier for teams to keep their their 18 year old junior players as opposed to keeping their, you know, their European players. And, and you know, looking at the Montreal Canadiens, Matthias Norlander is a perfect example where, you know, if he was if he was a North American prospect, he wouldn't be um, he wouldn't have gone back to Sweden. Right. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And so it's it's obviously a, a little bit of of different uh, things, but that was something that affected Finland a lot, um, going back you know maybe three four years ago, when when guys like Puyarvi and, and Laine were not available, Kotkaniemi as well obviously was was a guy who yeah, that, that was a team that should probably have won it if they yeah. if they stay together. No, exactly. So it's always interesting to see because whereas you know some countries can can afford those losses. Uh, other other countries can't, and and Sweden is, is especially at forward, where where skill has has been far few and far between. Other than guys like you know Raymond and and guys like that, it, it's it's really a, it, a workman's team. It's also been uh, before, I should say, uh, it's been a problem with NHL clubs either calling players up just for not having to send them to the world juniors mm-hmm. and as soon as the tournament starts they send them back to the AHL yeah yeah especially and and uh, even Swedes have that with a few that uh, it seems like the the Swedish organization has worked very hard to to as you see here with uh, was it Holtz yeah. uh, that they've spoken to the devils they've said like Okay, he's gonna play all the minutes we can give him. He's gonna play, and obviously for Holtz, it would be power play and 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 offensive zone starts. But but we're gonna give him all that, and you don't have to worry about it. We're not gonna you know bench him or anything like that. And and it will help, you know, it will help others release him to or, or similar players to the World Juniors. Uh, on the other hand, if you're if you're on on an NHL roster and actually plays like Raymond, then the 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 Red Wings. Well, this year they might actually want to do that because they want to tank once more. But <laughs> but but obviously you, you you keep him on the NHL roster, and I think that's very smart. Uh, we see 
you know, obviously quite a few of the uh, North American prospects have gone to Michigan this year, which is really smart as well. So they can obviously line up for the for the uh, for the World Juniors. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, Canada, uh, you know, Steph Jarvis is a guy who uh, is staying in the NHL. Uh, Jamie Drysdale as well. And then obviously Cole Perfetti, who is in a similar situation to Holtz because he's playing in the American Hockey League, uh, was able to be released. And, and I think something that helps these teams do that is the tournament is in North America. Yeah, if, uh, if this was in Sweden, it would have been different. Especially especially in these times, right? You don't want guys traveling. Um, we'll see what happens in 2014 when this is in Sweden. Actually, it's down the road from where I live, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll, be, you'll be there for... Uh, I'm assuming you'll be there at least to watch uh, yeah, a few yeah. games. Uh... And, uh, <laughs> there is a great restaurant uh, just across the street. Um, just got to get, get Michelin star. So I'm going to be there. Worst case scenario, I'm going to sit there, stream it, and, and just eat and drink very well. Yeah, he's gonna, <laughs> Patrick's going to network with uh, with the tons of scouts that, that go into uh, yeah. get, get go to Sweden. And uh, if you need any food recommendations, I, I, he'll, he'll probably have them for you yeah. as well. Because I, I do know a lot of people who travel you know, um, every year for the world juniors, I, I have a friend of mine who for the last five, six years, um, has gone to every tournament, uh, co- you know, COVID permitting, obviously, but, uh, it's obviously going to be one of those, obviously 50% capacity is not, um, ideal from a atmosphere perspective, but it's better than zero. So, but it, it'll be, you know, Sweden's in a tough group <laughs> because, you know, when you have, that kind of group of three and even four with Slovakia in there that can cause a surprise. You look at wanting to avoid finishing third or fourth, because that means a quarterfinal against either Canada or Finland. And, you know, you know, you can go back to, I want to say two years ago, two, two, three years ago uh, with Canada, when they uh, ended up going against Finland in the, in the quarterfinal, Canada was the favorite. In, in that quarterfinal, uh, but ended up losing in a shootout. Uh, or no, was it a shootout or overtime? There was a penalty shot in overtime. It was the Maxime Contois game. Um, yeah. So there was a penalty shot in overtime that he missed, and then Finland ended up winning uh, winning that game. And or Canada like 20 seconds later or something like that. Wasn't yeah, it? exactly. And Canada ended up going home in the quarterfinals. So you want to avoid a tough quarterfinal matchup because – there's no second, there's no, there's no bronze medal game. If you lose the quarterfinal, right. Where in the semifinal, you kind of like, okay, we made the final four. Uh, the, the final eight is, is, is a much bitter part, uh, pill to swallow. And when you're in this group of, you know, five countries, there's going to be at least one of them that gets really upset. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I'll be honest. I think it is Sweden this year. I actually think uh, Sweden might actually lose to Slovakia in the group stage. Slovakia has a great, great team. Uh, no matter how it goes for Sweden, I'm going to continue watching Slovakia through the tournament. Um, they have a ton of prospects for, for the 2022 draft. They have a ton of prospects. I think they have two or three prospects for the, for the next draft as well, uh, playing in the team. So, so, so really... Um, for anyone listening, watch the Slovakia and listen to the to the Slovakia pod we had as well, because that's even better than this one. Especially if you're a uh, Canadians fan, um, yeah. the 2022 draft should be very interesting. But but also like, um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not as sure of Finland as you are. I saw Finland um, a couple of weeks ago, and I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with Sweden either. Let's be honest with that. But <laughs> but. I, I wasn't as impressed. Finland hasn't really gotten that top-end talent into the tournament from, from the AHL and NHL like Sweden actually has. So, so 
I wouldn't be too bothered going to Finland, except because it's the Swedish-Finland rivalry. And that would mean, you know, uh, Finland always plays better against Sweden. Always. <laughs> yeah. But 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 it's it's I think it's a chance for Sweden to lose out to Slovakia. I think that is the first thing we you have to look at. And then obviously uh where you go from there. Um it, it is it is coming down to to the especially second, third, fourth line. Um, I, I have no doubt that the first line can produce, they can cause problems for, for, for the other team, but the 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 defense the, the the second, third, fourth line, I'm not sure that they can keep up with the with the other team and, and that is going to keep a problem going and, and you can't ask uh, these the four the axis of four for, for a hero hero Heracles hero heroic heroic yeah but uh, um performance Herculean Herculean, Her- Herculean performance. That's, that's what yeah um every every night and and uh, especially not in such a short tournament because they're not enough turnaround time they're not not rest time etc etc and and also uh, because it is such a short tournament and and this is also what i fear for sweden is that if you start doubting yourself it's really really tough to get out of that uh i know i'm sounding harsh on sweden it's my team and i'm not doing this to 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 really sell us short and and surprise but i'm i'm I like Kalle Klang as, as a second goalie. I think he's developed in, you know, for, for we spoke about him with, with Dishov's coach because Kalle Klang was there last year and Dishov replaced him more or less. Uh, but but looking at the pairings, um, Edwinson Grants is a good pairing. Lefnistrum might work. Andre also not so sure. Uh, Forsfield Kjerholm, yeah, you don't you you, you really don't want that, them to play too many minutes. Um then you have a first line that is predicted to be Olaus on Eklund Holtz, which is going to be a good line. Um, then you look at Stakestad, Jungman, Lissell. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Torgeson, Niederbach, or Rosén, or Sjöberg. Yeah, not really sure about that either. Magnusson, Ekberg, Nickberg, Stenman. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a team that just raises a lot of questions, Mark. And, and that's where I am with it. And, and, and the thing was, you mentioned the schedule. I mean, they open up against Russia. Then the next day, they play Slovakia, which is a tricky game, as as you alluded to. And and Slovakia is rested as well. Yeah, it? exactly, because they, they don't have they, uh, no Slovakia plays the U.S. The day All right. Yeah. So 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 they're they're in the same situation, but but then they have a they they have a day off and then they play the U.S. So uh, it, it they, they can you know if, they, if things go wrong early on, they can easily be staring at zero and three, uh, and a game against Switzerland uh, right after. So it's. It's a, a, a tricky, tricky start for for Sweden, but at the same time, we, we've seen we we've seen other countries uh, who have been favored, and then uh, the same thing happens to them. And there's always that blip, right? I mean, Russia uh, losing to the Czechs in the round robin, and the Czechs, uh, you know, were outscored. Well, that, that was that was off a, a fantastic goalie performance, and yeah. uh, I think eighteen hundred block shots yeah, by exactly. someone called John Mishak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a very it was a masterclass in defensive hockey uh, as the underdog uh, in, in that game and 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 it, yeah, but I mean those things happen, right? There's th- these are still kids, yeah. right? So uh, and especially because there's only one pre-tournament game for each team, uh, it's it's uh, it's not as closed of a bubble than the last year. Um, there doesn't seem to be at this point any major outbreaks like like Germany had uh, a year ago uh, in the tournament. So 
it, and it, it, it is it is a tournament for relegation as well. Yeah, so exactly. That, that will pressure. creep in into yeah that that would that will creep into the doubt and pressure as well. Um, I we we're going to do another pod, but you already heard my favorite. Like I have. I have two favorite teams in in this tournament, and it's obviously going to be Russia and, and Slovakia. Uh, so, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and and for any neutral fan, I know all the Canadians will cheer for Canada, obviously. But for if, if you if you watch neutral games, I think everyone is going to watch the Russian game, the Russia games, because Russia is, is starting having their own development system working. Slovakia is having their own de- development system working, and then uh, you know the talent that is on that Russia team is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about this, uh, but I mean, I mentioned the nine years with only three countries winning and as tough as it is, as tough as it is for Sweden to go that time, you know, it's even harder for Russia. Right? You <laughs> know what? It, it would be perfect for Russia. They just celebrated their 75th hockey anniversary. Uh, there were some uh, hot takes on the, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the CCCCP. <laughs> jerseys or, or ssr jerseys as, as it is in the russian alphabet but yeah um but but there you, you can say and, and we can all say all the negative things about that regime but when they played hockey it was fantastic hockey to watch yeah it's it's definitely going to be a, an interesting tournament because it, it is always interesting when the group of five and and you know you have Slovakia and the Czechs that that or and even Switzerland Germany that can come up and and especially in the under twenty tournament it's kind of cyclical uh, with that so you always have that group of five and it's always fun when that group of five is all is fun to watch um, because you know you mentioned Sweden Finland and all those games matter it, it's it's going to be a, a fun group Group B is going to be uh, I don't want to say a group of death because. Uh, the only one that might die there is Switzerland, but but, but at the same time, uh, it's going to be uh, there's not. I don't think there's going to be a team that's going to be necessary four or no. Uh, no but but but, but 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 you you have that you have the U.S. Russia rivalry, which yeah, is always exactly. rivalry. Yeah. You have the Sweden. Uh, Sweden is probably a little bit off, but then you have like Slovakia and uh, Switzerland. That is also rivalry. So, so, so it's going to be, and and obviously Switzerland, Switzerland is on the way down. So uh, this is the chance to to really showcase. And uh, yeah, um, I have. Um, I, I'm saving that hot take for for the next pod. But yeah, I, I'm not high on Sweden. I don't think it will be a medal for Sweden this year. I'm not even sure it will be a semi final for Sweden. That's where we can leave this pod. <laughs> yeah, and it'll it'll be interesting to watch. And obviously. Uh, from a draft perspective, like we mentioned, there's not really much to look at um, unless you want to look at the overage players. And and obviously, you know, Matthias Norlander, Lucas Vedemo are, are two examples of the Canadians dipping into that water, but we don't even know who's going to be drafting for the Canadians. So history doesn't really make a difference anymore uh, when we look at that stuff. But uh, definitely a lot of talent on the Sweden team. The only question is how how much they can carry the team. And, and it'll be interesting to watch in that Group B uh, playing their games in Red Deer. Patrick, uh, on the other side of the uh, the expert, uh, even though you're modest, uh, thank you for your insight on, on Team Sweden. And uh, we'll see you next time with another World Junior Preview on Haps and Mind.